Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for July 26, 2023. First of all, I need to say that yesterday was my birthday, and I really received an outpour of love from so many of you. So thank you for all the birthday wishes. I thank God for you. I appreciate you. We celebrated another year of life. This is chapter 51, and it started yesterday. So I'm excited. I thank God for my life. So listen, uh, you know that I haven't shared today's word live in about three weeks. So we took three weeks went to the Dominican Republic, had a lot of things going on there. And uh, while I was there, because I had so many things going on, I sent out pre-recorded messages for those three weeks and I didn't send out the email version. Well, I'm back now. And as I was, you know, I'm teaching a series on the, on the parables and I was like, can I could just go straight back into that series. But I felt led as I was traveling back from the Dominican Republic yesterday on my birthday, I felt led to do something different. So I, I sat on the plane and I just reflected about the previous three weeks, all of the things that happened, and I just typed some things out. And I'm going to share that with you. I'm calling this reflecting on God's goodness. Put in the chat, I, I should reflect on God's goodness. Reflecting is important. Put, put in the chat, your perspective is important. Downtime helps you to gain perspective. That's what I'm going to talk about today. I want you to open up your heart and get ready to receive the word. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, perspective. We're going to talk about reflecting on God's goodness and how this type of perspective really kind of keeps you grounded, helps you to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. This is not going to be the normal format of today's word where here's the scripture, let me break it down. It's just, these are some things that I was reflecting on. And as I shared, like I was on the plane yesterday and I, this is what I typed out. You know, we handed out 700 backpacks full of school supplies. We celebrated my cousin's 50th birthday, my aunt's 80th birthday. We spent time at a resort. We went to the river, went to the pools, went to beaches. We celebrated the construction of our church. We had a church inauguration. We worked on several proposals for our business. And as I kind of typed all of this out, I was like, all right, there's some life lessons here. And so I want to share some life lessons uh, with you with every one of these things. And as I get into these, I want you to open up your heart to receive. You ready? So not the same format of today's word, but it's still going to be good. You ready? All right. So here we go. Put in the chat. I'm ready to receive. Number one, we handed out 700 backpacks full of school supplies. So a couple of things to consider here. First of all, when we started doing backpacks and school supplies, our annual back to school drive years ago, we started with 200 and now we're up to 700. And, uh, and so 700, that was a tremendous blessing. And uh, it also takes a lot of work to, you know, to kind of drive around and find children and all that and, and take care of that. But there's four types of giving that I teach uh, about in my book, Level Up Your Life. And let me just briefly mention these four because handing out the backpacks is one of the four. So the four types of giving that I talk about is tithes, right? Say tithes. So tithing is the first 10%. Uh, you give that unto the Lord. There's offerings that's above and beyond the tithe. And in most cases, you provide tithes and offerings wherever you're being fed. We have people that actually tithe to our ministry because that's where they're being fed, right? So tithes and offerings, that's one category. The next, uh, so actually that's two categories. Tithes is the first 10%. Offerings is is above and beyond the 10%. The third one is giving to ministry, supporting ministry. This is found in Mark chapter 10. 
I'm not going to get too deep into that. But anyway, supporting ministry, whatever you do for the Lord, for the for the promotion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there are ministries that are promoting the gospel. So you want to partner with those ministries. Many people, many of you partner with our ministry to the glory of God. And then lastly, is giving to the poor. The Bible actually says a lot about the widows, the orphans, the strangers at the gate, giving to the less fortunate. And you should participate in that as well. So Isabella and I, since 2002, I mean, we were tithing before that, but since 2002, we participate in all four of those categories financially every month. And so we want to make sure that we're giving our tithe, that we're giving offerings above and beyond the tithe, that we're partnered with ministries uh, that are promoting the gospel, and that we're also partnered with ministries that are meeting the needs of the less fortunate. So as it relates to this last category, the less fortunate, let me give you some of the things that Solomon, the richest man in the world, this is what he said about it. Proverbs 18 and 27, he said, whoever gives to the poor, the poor will always have plenty. If you, will, oh, if you want to always have plenty, you want to make sure that you're giving to the less fortunate. Proverbs 19 and 17 says, giving to the poor is like loaning money to the Lord and the Lord will repay you for your kindness. The Lord is going to make sure that whatever you give to the poor, that you're going to get it back. Don't even worry about it. It's not the same as sowing into the ministry. You're sowing into ministry. That's different. There's, there's a multiplied return. But the Lord's saying, like, if you give to the poor, give to the less fortunate, you will never run out. I'll make sure you get it back. Proverbs 22 and verse 9, the Bible says, generous people will be blessed. Put in the chat, I am a generous person. Generous people will be blessed because they share their food with the poor. My mother shares her food with everybody. And so she's tremendously blessed. So you want to be generous. You want to be a blessing. Solomon was obviously in support of being a blessing to the poor. And so what the Holy Spirit is saying through Solomon here in these scriptures is that you should make sure that while you're fulfilling these other categories, that you're fulfilling this one as well. It's good to give the tithe. It's good to give above and beyond the tithe offering. It's good to support ministries that are promoting the gospel uh, and expanding the kingdom. Check. But it's also good to make sure that you are giving to organizations that are feeding the poor or that you're doing it yourself that you want to be able to be a blessing to other people. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul said this. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, I'm going to read for you verses 17, 18, and 19. Here's verse 17 first. The Bible says, warn the people that are rich in this world. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. The Bible's talking to people that are rich, rich people. Warn the rich people of this world not to be proud, okay? Not to trust in their wealth because that is easily lost, Tell them to have faith in God, who is rich. God is rich. Say God is rich and blesses us with everything that we need to enjoy life. Okay, so God is rich. He blesses us with everything that we need to enjoy life. So what does the Bible says to tell the rich people? Does he say money's bad? Does the Bible says money's bad, get rid of it? No, the Bible just says don't trust in it. The Bible says, listen, God gives you everything richly to enjoy. So God is not against you having it. Paul goes on to say, verse 18, instruct them to do good, to do as many good deeds as they can and to help everyone. Remind them to be rich in generosity and to share what they have. Okay, you are rich and God wants you to be generously rich, to rich in generosity. Verse 19, this will lay a solid foundation for the future so that they would know what true life is like. If you want to know what true life is like, then you want to be rich in good deeds. The Bible doesn't say just, oh, get rid of the money. The money's bad. It says, no, if you're going to be rich, be rich in generosity, be rich in good deeds. He's commanding those that have an excess to do something positive 
with that excess, to give. You have more than enough, and God gave you more than enough. Why? So that you could be a blessing to other people out of that overflow. Giving to the less fortunate comes from empathy. It comes from the grace of God that is on your life. You will be moved with compassion. Now, I've done a lot of teaching on this, and and the answer to poverty is not money. The answer to poverty is the word of God. I'm not going to go too deep into that. I teach about that in the book as well. But when you are a blessing to the less fortunate, it does something for you. When you're a blessing to other people, you get a blessing in return that is far greater than anything that money can buy. Now, let me just say this uh, uh, as I close out this first point. Now, when you go out of your way to be a blessing to people, sometimes is a little bit difficult. It can get a little bit difficult, right? So when you go out there, you would just want to be a blessing to people, no strings attached. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm just here because Jesus loves you. Hey, here's some food. Jesus loves you. God bless you. We've done that. Like our ministry, we go out there, we go out to like very like, you know, disadvantaged areas. And when you're doing that, just know that sometimes when you're when you're dealing with people and when you're trying to be a blessing to people, Sometimes it, it can get tricky, it can get difficult. So we went, we handed out 700 backpacks. The first place we went to is a place we normally go to. We had all the kids. The kids were lined up. It was all pretty. It was all organized. They had a list of names, 150 children. They were calling out, little Sally, little Susie, little Miguel, whatever. And they come out, organized, take a picture. Ooh, it's so cute. Very nice, right? Then we went to another spot. It was real organized. The last two spots, we went into the hood. We went into the ghetto and it was not. And so we had told them, hey, at this spot, we're going to give out, let's say, 150 backpacks. And there was a lot more than 150 people. And then it was, it was you know, it was getting rowdy. It was borderline violent. You know, one of the people on our team was like, hey, the kids should not be here. I was like, we're fine. We're, we're shielding and protected. But when you're dealing with people that really need help, just know that you're out there being a blessing and you have to do whatever God has called you to do. Now, we, we, we believe that there's nothing, no harm that's going to come upon us. But you just know that when you're dealing with people, uh, people can be messy. But but if you're doing ministry, you have to do ministry regardless of people. You can't be moved by people. Listen, if you are called to go do something, then go do it. You can't allow the fact that the people reject you. You can't allow the fact that the people that you're trying to help will talk bad about you when you leave. It is what it is. At the end of the day, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it as unto the Lord. Put Put this in the chat. I will not be moved by people. I will only be moved by God, right? That's a reflection. That's something that you have to make sure that you keep your heart pure about. You're not there for people to say thank you to you. Your your reward is that this is your reward. Your reward is the fact that you are doing what God told you to do. And you can walk away knowing that, man, I go to sleep knowing that, Lord, thank you. We did what you wanted us to do today. That is your reward. You got it? All right, number two. I have five. Here's number two. Uh, we celebrated my cousin's 50th birthday and my aunt's 80th birthday. Now, while I was there with them, with family, one of the things that I love about family is that family will keep you grounded. I remember I read um, the late, great Colin Powell's uh, book. He wrote he wrote uh, a book, uh, an autobiography that I wrote, and I really kind of connected with him on multiple levels because he was an immigrant, a uh, son of immigrants from Jamaica, and I'm a son of immigrants from the Dominican Republic. He was raised in the Bronx. I was raised in Brooklyn. And one of the things he said was, even as a general, he loved going home to Jamaica because when he went home to Jamaica, he was not General Powell. He was just Colin, right? And when he was home in Jamaica, like his family would just keep him grounded. They'd be like, boy, sit down, you know? And so like that type of just being around family, it keeps you grounded. I was around, you know, my cousin's 50th and then my aunt's 80th. And they were like back to back, like back to back days. And we did the back to school drive in between. When you're around family, like my family doesn't care. 
like any of the titles that I possess. They don't care. My family doesn't care that I've written books. My family doesn't care what I accomplished in the military or what I'm accomplishing now. My family doesn't care. My family doesn't care that we have a business or ministry or whatever. I'm just to them, Lenin, you know, they'd be like, sit down. You know, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. They don't care. And so that keeps you grounded. I just love going back to where my grandmother's from, uh, uh, you know, the land. I, I love just being in that area. I don't know. There's something about me being where I ran around as a kid where I had to go bathe in the river. It just keeps you grounded. When you are around people that genuinely love you just for being you, here's some perspective. Don't ever get the big head. Don't ever, like in the country, they say, don't ever smell yourself. Don't ever believe your own press. Make sure that you're around people that just love you for you. And when they love you for you and they don't care about what you've done or anything, they don't even, half of them don't know and they don't care, right? They just love me because I'm part of the family. And I love them because we're part of the family. When you're around that, when you when you are around genuine love, it helps you to remain grounded and it also keeps you to, you know, with a, a proper perspective of life. And then we did celebrate birthdays and, and, and celebrating milestones is important. The Bible says that we ought to weep with those who weep, but the Bible also says that we ought to rejoice with those who do rejoice. So when there's an opportunity to rejoice with one another, when there's an opportunity to celebrate somebody that you love, someone in your family, you should do that. As a matter of fact, we traveled home from the Dominican Republic yesterday on my birthday. I didn't really expect uh, anything on my birthday. I was already tired and all of that. I mean, I'm blessed. I don't need anything. But when we got home, Isabella had already set it up to where there was balloons and there was food and there was a cake and it was, hey, happy birthday and all of this kind of stuff. And there were people to celebrate me and they sing happy birthday. I didn't want that. You know, I, I wasn't asking for that, but it happened and I, and I enjoyed it and I appreciate it. Why? Because it comes out of genuine love. So you don't want to wait. This is a lesson that many of us have learned the, the hard way. You don't want to wait to funerals to get together, right? You, you want to be in a, an environment where if there's an opportunity to celebrate somebody, celebrate them and celebrate them now. Give them their flowers while they're in the land of the living. My cousin, when he turned 50, not only did you know uh, he have a few words to say, but he got emotional. He was just going around the room. I want to thank this person. I want to thank that person. I want to thank my uncles and my aunts. And I want to, you know, I remember bathing in the river. Yeah, I mean, my, my cousin and I, we grew up in Brooklyn, but we were also in the Dominican Republic for the summers. And, you know, that kind of kept us grounded. He was like, I remember this and I remember that. And just kind of, you want to give people their flowers while you're in the land of the living. You know, people say, well, this can go without saying, but they really do appreciate it when you actually say it. Open up your mouth and say it. Here's a reflection for today. If you have somebody in your life that you truly appreciate, don't wait to the funeral to say something about it. Why don't you send them a note today? Send them a text. Give them a phone call. Just tell them that you love them and that you appreciate them and share it with them now while they're in the land of the living. Celebrate each other. All right, number three. We did take time to go to a resort and pools and rivers and beaches and all of that, right? So of course we we did take downtown, and uh, you know I love going to the spa and getting massages and the river. We just love the river, and so anyway we did all of that. We did we did that stuff. And the Bible says in in my book Grace Based Success, my latest book, I talk a lot about a passage I'm about to read to you, Ecclesiastes chapter five, verses eighteen through twenty from the New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes chapter five, verses eighteen through twenty from the New Living Translation. Let me read this to you. The Bible says, even so, I've noticed one thing. This is Solomon saying. <laughs> I've noticed one thing, at least that's good. What's good, Solomon? He says, it's good for people to eat and drink and enjoy their work under the sun, doing the short life that God has given them. 
and to accept their lot in life. It is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. Oh, the Bible just says it's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. And God keeps such people people so busy enjoying life that they have no time to brood over the past. You ever met somebody that is always just like brooding over the past? These people are not enjoying life. People that enjoy life, I don't have time to be, well, remember three years ago this happened, or five years ago this happened, or six weeks ago? Look, I don't have time for that. I'm enjoying life right now. Isabella and I, we work hard. We only have one setting, at least for me, and that setting is max, right? It's click, click, click. I only have one setting. If I'm going to do something, I got to do it right, and I got to do it all the way. I've done a lot of teaching on work-life balance, and I say that I don't really have a work-life balance because everything is my life. Let me explain. I don't have like, oh, this is my work and then this is my life. No, my work is my life and my life is my work. And so it's not, I don't have like, this is my work and this is my life and let me separate the two. No, everything that God has called me to do is part of my life. And so I'm going to do it all and I'm going to enjoy it all. And I don't, I don't make excuses for working if I'm doing email or working on a proposal at 11 o'clock at night, and I don't make excuses for getting up, being out on the beach or, or being at a resort or getting a massage in the afternoon. Uh, you know, I, I don't look at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy everything that God has called me to do. So everything that we do, right, we have a business, we have a ministry, we have a marriage, we have family, we have children, and we, we put our all into it. If God tells me to write a book because he wants me to be a blessing to other people, I'm going to put my all into writing that book. If God says, hey, take a break like I just did for 21 days, he say, hey, take a break. Don't make no excuses. Just, just enjoy it, right? If whatever it is that God tells me to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it with all my might. Solomon tells us that this approach to life is good. It's a good thing to have life. It's a good thing to enjoy it. It's a good thing to have wealth from God and the good health to enjoy. It's a good thing. Listen, at the end of the day, whatever God graces me to do, my heart is in it. If I'm running a business or leading a nonprofit or talking about technology or preaching the gospel or spending time with my wife or spending time with my children or getting a massage, I don't care. Like whatever I'm doing, I'm going to I'm gonna do it and I'm going to be present in that moment and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm not going to make excuses for it and I'm not going to allow me being in that moment to, to, to be convoluted by me thinking about something else enjoy the moment. Enjoy it all. It's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. So enjoy the life that God has given you. You are not supposed to run 24 by 7 by 365. You're going to burn yourself out. There's time to relax. There's time to work and enjoy it all. Christian leaders often mess this up. This is why, you know, like I said, there's pastors that want to commit suicide. Why? Because they haven't learned how to take a knee, how to open up their heart, how to get some rest, and how to not make an excuse for it. It's crazy that there are people, especially Christian leaders, that you almost have to give yourself the license to relax. Put this in the chat. Say it, say it out loud. I give myself the, the license to relax. You got to give yourself the license to just relax and chill out. Somebody just put in the chat, wow, it seemed like it was longer than 21 days. VCMI really missed you. Okay, thank you. I, I want to be missed. If I'm not around, I should be missed, right? Because it means that I'm adding value. But it was 21 days and I enjoyed those 21 days. So I enjoyed it all. All right, number four, we celebrated the construction of our church and we had a church inauguration. So it wasn't just 21 days of relaxing. I mean, we did a lot of ministry and we did other things. We did work as well. But our ministry, uh, Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, with your support, we built um, a, a school and then a church and we, we started the school construction in the middle of COVID. 
And so when we built the school, because COVID was still going on, we never had a school inauguration, but we just recently, this past Saturday, had a church inauguration. And while we were there, um, we did the church inauguration. And even that, as an example, um, my, you know, I have family members that were on vacation with us. They were doing things last Saturday, like they, would, they went to the mountains and they were chilling out. Well, I couldn't do that because I had to be at the church inauguration and my heart was in it. And I didn't feel like I was missing out because this is part of what God has called me to do as well. So we went to church inauguration and we got to take a few minutes to really kind of contemplate, consider, ponder everything that God has done through our ministry in the Dominican Republic since 2015. And man, what a blessing. I mean, what a blessing just to kind of recap and tell the story and give God the glory and the testimony. We did this big celebration on Saturday. Then on Sunday, I preached the first sermon in our church post the inauguration. And I really talked about the fact that while we built buildings, now what we want to do is build people. And now we're focused on raising up a generation that's going to change the Dominican Republic and change Haiti and change the world. So while we were there and we did take time to relax, we were also making time for ministry. We did the backpacks, we did church stuff. You know, we're running a ministry, so there's a lot of things that we have to do. And, And let me just say this as I close out this point, and then I'll go to my last and final point. For many of you, Many of you that are watching right now are partners with Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. Thank you. I want you to know that in heaven, okay, maybe you haven't gone to, uh, to the Dominican Republic and seen the work for yourself with your own eyes, but you are part of it and, and your donations are helping us to do what God has called us to do. I want you to know that in heaven, everything that happens through our ministry is attributed to your account. Is is annotated against your account because you're part of it. You are a partaker of the grace that is on this ministry. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, number five, last point, and then I'll let you go. We worked on several proposals for our business. Uh, And why do do I bring this up? Because this is a point that I want to make sure that you understand. Everything is your life, and you should put your heart into all of it. This point goes hand in glove with the last two points. So while we were there for 21 days, it didn't mean, look, I had meetings. We took uh, WebExes and Zoom calls. I was working on opportunities, working on proposals. I was working on a proposal yesterday at the end of the day. Why? And so while I was there, there's some people from my family who was like, well, why are you working while you're here? You know, uh, you should just chill out. Okay, well, you don't understand. This is, God has called me to do all of this stuff. It could be like, we're on vacation, but now let's go do backpacks. It could be like, we're on vacation, or I got to take care of something for the ministry. We got to pay these people, or we got to get this fixed, or we need to get this painted, or whatever, right? Oh, we're on vacation. Oh, now we got to take a work meeting. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Why? Because my heart is in everything that God has called us to do. Just like I put my heart in Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, I put my heart in Victory Christian Ministries International, I put my heart into Grace Destiny Church, I put my heart into the Thelma Stewart Destiny Academy, I put my heart into spending time with my wife and my children, right? I also put my heart into Inspired Solutions. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. All of that is my life. So let me close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Here's my point to you this morning. We're going to close with a declaration of faith. But I want you to embrace the grace to be you. It's the grace of God, y'all. Embrace the grace to be the man of God, the woman of God that God has called you to be. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, embrace the grace to do it. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, don't make any excuses for it. Open up your heart to the grace of God. Walk in your divine assignment. 
And if you have a, a for-profit, a non-profit, you got children, like, you know, I, you put your heart into it. You could be doing a big pitch or a proposal for work for a million dollar opportunity. And then that afternoon you might be at Taekwondo or at, or at a soccer game, put your heart into all of that stuff, right? Whether, whether you, you're doing a date night with your spouse or you're doing a, a missions trip to Africa, put your heart into whatever it is, it's all your life. You only get one life. So don't waste it. Embrace the grace to, to be who the man of God, the woman of God that God has called you to be and embrace your grace the grace to do it all. All right, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life, out loud over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I am an instrument of your glory, extending your love to the less fortunate as you allow me to. I am committed to expressing your love through my actions, my time, and my resources. I cherish the gift of my family. Their love keeps me humble and grounded. I choose to celebrate life. I rejoice with those who rejoice. And I comfort those who are in sorrow. I value each person in my life. Expressing my appreciation to them openly and with love. I am fully invested in the work you have given me to do. And I find joy and fulfillment in every task. I embrace balance, enjoying both work and rest as gifts from you. I am committed to investing in your church, in your people, and in making a difference in this work. I cherish every aspect of my life, knowing that everything I do, I do it for your glory. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going back to the series on the parables. But for today, I wanted to share my heart. I trust that you enjoyed it. If you if this message was a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. I pray that, you know, give me give me some feedback on on what you got out of today's message. And then do me a favor, two things. Share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. And then as we get back into the series, I want you to let other people know, "Hey, let's get back. Rick is back." So let's tune in live. Let's catch him live at 7 a.m. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals 
to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.